Hello, and you're listening to The Seventh Reel. This week, Poison Ivy, 1992 film directed by Kat Shia, and Rambling Rules, a 1991 <laughs> film directed by Martha Coolidge. Michelle, you're the one who picked both of these films. Why? Por qué? They were both on Criterion. Mm-hmm. That's an excellent reason. And they had similar premises. They were set mm-hmm. like 50 years apart, so... But they were made yeah. a year apart. Um, well, they were released a year apart. Mm-hmm. We were just um, saying before we started recording that both of these movies will probably not get made in today, in 2022. No way. Um, Rambling Rose, no way. No way would Rambling especially, it, yeah. Especially. I feel like Poison Ivy, you could see that on Netflix. Like, it would be like... Maybe, yeah, it would be trash. With, like, some TikTok star as Drew Barrymore. (laughs) (laughs) Drew Barrymore was really good in this. I was actually caught off guard by how good of an actress she is. She looks way too old to be in high school. Mm -hmm. I thought she looked way too much like a kid. Really? Yeah, that's kind of what made me, like, kind of, I was like, I was like, "Eh, she has too much of a baby face. Laura Dern, on the other hand, felt more like a young adult, uh, like a young woman in this compared to her. Mm-hmm. Both of these movies are essentially the same movie. I don't know how you keep doing this, Michelle. Like, wow, I was watching them. I was like, wow, this is essentially kind of about the same thing. It's, it's crazy. It's, I mean, not really, though. One's, like, out to destroy a family, and the other one's just the, longing to be part of one. Is but that, both, well, okay. yeah. both long. And they kind of love her like, in the end, in a yeah, way. Yeah. And the dad in one is trying to get away from her. And the other is like running headfirst into her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I would come out to say I thought Poison Ivy had better pacing. Yeah. Well, first, for one, is shorter. But you um, messaged me saying, "How did you even get through this?" Rambling yeah, because a dog Poison dies Ivy. in the first three Poison minutes Ivy. of the oh, film. Yeah, yeah. When I saw that's the dog why. Die, that's I what I like, meant. Wow, <laughs> I was like, I was like, wow, Michelle is not. Michelle is not gonna like this. I know. To be fair, because I wrote in my notes, I hate it already. But then. <laughs> But then, like, in terms of the whole film, you're establishing the fact that Ivy will is willing to kill, but she's willing to kill to stop suffering. Mm. Like, ah, oh, jeez. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite shit. clever in that right. sense. So it's it made clever. it this movie is actually quite clever. redeemable. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I, for a movie that I can easily, like, can be seen as just, like, schlocky, like, um, erotic thriller, there's mm. a lot going on with Poison. Yeah. The script was actually pretty good. I it was, was caught yeah. off guard by how pre- good. It was pretty funny, though, sometimes that you could tell yeah. what they were trying to do, and then you yes. could see them reaching mm-hmm. for it. But that, that it's a bit was, clumsy. Yeah, but it was still like awesome. Like when she's in the car and she's like, "Wait, you're playing that song that my mom was playing." Yeah. And she was like, "So you must." Also, have that been song's in the also movie. the soundtrack of the film. And, yeah. Is it? I didn't notice. Uh, yeah. At one point, like it's the sound towards the finale. Like the soundtrack becomes the soundtrack she's putting up on the on the displayer. I thought that was pretty cool because it cuts outside and the soundtrack becomes muted. So it's like, oh, it's, it's di- actually diegetic. It's weird. I love the way that even though the dad, you know, it's, oh, of course she goes for the dad and the dad goes for her. It's kind of, the characterization is there that you kind of understand why he's desperate enough to like run into the arms of a teenage girl. Like his life is like falling apart. He's a man who's like, I love that scene in the elevator where he goes, where he's like obsessed with his looks and his, how, how he's aging. And the guy and his partner is like, why why do you even want money? Like, why do you even want to do this? And he's, you know, he's doing this for vanity. Pretty clever. And it's like, oh, it all makes sense why he does things like 
he gets corrupted. Robert Duvall, on the other hand, in Rambling Rose, doesn't take any of it. Well, kind of in the initial for like thirty seconds, but still. He looked like George Bush. <laughs> oh no no no! He does no, not. No, the guy does the star, not. Like oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah yeah that guy. That but, guy looked like George Bush. Robert Duvall right. looked uh, old as like the dad, and then he somehow looked way older as like yeah. in the <laughs> in the. How did they do that? I I yeah. don't know. He just looks like he's. I don't know. I think his face stretched a little. Like oh my god, because Ro- the Robert Duvall I like to remember is him in Godfather One mm-hmm. when all of them were young and beautiful. Um, it's like wow, he really ate guy. Oh real quick, he was. He has the best line in the movie. You said when you when when he's like uh, put back your tit, replace that tit, and I'm like this is so yeah, funny. I, I, was like that. I howled. That's it was so funny. Similar to the bitches leave line that you like. <laughs> bitches leave line from Robocop. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, his character was a bit like weird because uh, on the yeah. one end he's he's like this very moral guy, but it's all just yeah. also kind of. Messed up. I think that calls it because he obviously struggles with it a lot, right? I think both of the fa- they portray both of these fathers as like guys who try to uphold the tra- what a traditional family means, these family values, and like just failing. Both of them like having these existential crises of whether they can actually keep it up or not. Yeah, and then they tried to deal with it by, by like <laughs> you know massively harming a woman and controlling their yeah. body. Because they can't um, just figure out how to deal with it on their own. Hmm. I guess we can't talk about Rambling Rose without talking about that scene um, 30 minutes in when she... I didn't know the movie was going to be that sexual. That was like, so disturbing. It was awful. I, I can't was, I believe was... that got made. <laughs> yeah. Uh, to give viewers the context, I guess people wouldn't have, well, a 19-year-old girl crawls into a 13-year-old boy's bed, and yeah, it gets really awkward, and, and it, but also, like, I, the acting, I think it, it is so awful because, like, the acting is actually still really good. I think Laura Dern is excellent. I think she got this. an Oscar nom for this. Mm-hmm. She, oh. Her it's and her mom. her mom. Yeah. Yes. And her, her and her mom. mom but mm-hmm. Her real mom. Um, they're both really good, and uh, I love that scene in the beginning when she was like sweeping the roof, and she when she learned that her mom is an orphan and try, and go and getting her master's degree. You can see so much like so much going on behind her eyes when she's just trying to approach her go, and trying to ask her about like how did she do, how did you get here? Like I really admire you. Like there's a lot of her. It's it's really great. But there's that yet. Yeah, then I don't know. Like I, it, the film doesn't really give her. It's the movie is. This is like the movie is about her, but it's not really from her perspective, which I think is a failing. Like, I think it would be much more. It would be better if it was, if you get more of her, what she's feeling, instead of through the eyes mm. of the men. Well, no, because it's about how the men deal with her. Yeah. Which because they don't really go into a backstory that much. Mm, yeah, they don't. They would need. Which I, to. I hope they did. I, I just hope they fleshed out, fleshed her out a little bit more. I um, think. Because she was really good. In the book, the mm-hmm. the mom character didn't wasn't as fleshed out. I I doubt it. I feel like that was a choice by the director. Maybe I don't know. Like, I don't know. This, they had the mother daughter chemistry like right there. It was to just prove the points more. I don't know. Do you think the narrative is punishing her for her 
sexual like her 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 she's more sexually liberated compared to the rest of the town right i i like did you i thought the ending was left a really bad taste in my mouth for rambling rose well it was in poison ivy it was just pure escalation to like why because she died or what because you died or just like she had she was able like i don't know it didn't feel it felt like the the fit in the narrative is like kind of punishing her and and i was like okay but even though i don't know you feel like yeah see i i uh I don't know. Like that's that's kind of that's that's kind of what that's kind of what like what I why I was I'm still confused. Like after watching it, well, what do you guys think? I don't know. I thought I thought she was just she longed to be part of like a traditional structure, and she got that in the end. Yeah, through a lot of like work, and I I just think it highlights the time being a bit repressive and like mm. the the roles that she was able to play as a person or were very mm-hmm. limited and her personality didn't suit whatever that those were so it was kind of mm. like a hard experience to watch because it was like her just yeah you know being this like kind of very pure very like you know mm-hmm. heart on her sleeve woman and and i just mm-hmm. i just feel bad like i just wanted to to hug her. Yeah, <laughs> I feel so bad for her. That's why I yeah. this I feel so bad for her. But it wasn't um, like her fault. Like I, I guess you feel the same way as Robert Duvall, where he's, where his character is like, I want you to be on your way and out of our hair, <laughs> but in a safe <laughs> and good way. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but in a sit, yeah. Because it's like, well, they mentioned the fact that like a dad tries to sleep with her once her mom's died, yeah. and then like she ends up with a bunch of prostitutes mm-hmm. afterwards and like that's kind of her reference on like how to find love with people how effect yeah love and effect so mm-hmm. that's why she does it because that's what she's searching for mm-hmm. yeah and then but like i can see that in a normal family that's not how it works and she can't really grasp that because she's never experienced it mm-hmm. right 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 and did you guys think I the doctor that. was like trying to start something and because that's what I thought. I thought he was start something like what? Like, like start, try to sleep with her, take advantage oh, of her. Yeah. That's what I thought. From, yeah, definitely. And then he yeah. was like, "We gotta, uh, we gotta castrate her or something." I was like, "What?" <laughs> exactly. That's what that was, I was like, I was like "What? It's going Spayer, on?" Yeah. That was so, so cruel. Stuck, um, yeah. <laughs> the doctor is played by Kevin Conroy, who is the voice of Batman in Batman the Animated Series. <laughs> And so, I, so I was kind okay. of thrown off guard for like the entire time. I was like, "Huh, <laughs> interesting." Yeah. Okay. Uh, That's interesting. You were bring you're you're wondering when Leonardo show, DiCaprio shows That's up in Poison, in Ivy. Poison Ivy. Yeah, apparently he's a student in some class. I didn't notice him. Wait, is he? I think yeah, in the beginning, yeah. in the very in the I, in the oh, second I or third scene. Because if you look at the credits, it says listed in uh, appearance, order of yeah. appearance. So he shows up at the beginning. So I was like, oh. okay, so he must be there. I thought. He's less credited as Guy. So one guy. of his very notable roles. This, mm-hmm. this is how he got there, you know. Non-speaking um, role. I love the actress who plays the other girl, Sylvia, I think. Is that her name? In Poison Ivy. She's so good. Um, yeah. I love her line delivery. She Ooh, sounds like a real she's teenager. From another. She's from some sitcom, right? She's like... I Roseanne. She's from so. Roseanne. She's oh, she's from movie. Roseanne. Yeah. Did you notice that Ivy was like, it's a given name to her? They never actually mm-hmm. say what her yeah. name is. 
your Ivy. She says your, and that's where she is for the rest of the movie. Yeah, that was like funny that. when she gets out of the car. By the way, your name is Ivy. Explains the whole thing. That, but I I like that. I also like that maybe it's some meta casting or maybe it was a mistake that uh, or not mm-hmm. a mistake but like just some something that happened that she's from Roseanne so it's like a traditional like you know family structure or a, a right. kind of what mm-hmm. is represented as a family and her father is this media personality who you know is mm-hmm. supposed to be that was my uh, reading of it was like they're very you know uh they're trying to do some it's a bit it's a bit meta yeah but i uh i didn't i didn't get the stuff with the mother i didn't understand it. was she really sick oh, or I, is it like psychological and it doesn't matter it's mm-hmm. it doesn't all she all, i think what matters is that she thinks she's sick mm-hmm. right because the character is that's what i really liked about poison ivy is that she, it's it doesn't what the the villainy that she commits doesn't feel like calculated or like scheming. She's not like a traditional femme fatale in that she's scheming and trying to get her way with everything. It's more like she's teenage girls would just do like she just does it because she felt in the spur of the moment she decided to do that and she has a way of justifying it afterwards because after she pushed her mom off she's like well she wanted to die anyways like and now we can be a family and like to her that kind of makes and to her that kind of makes sense. There's a logic to it, but it's not like oh, this like like scheme like long term scheme. She just did it. I thought that was actually quite interesting uh-huh. and more realistic. It's like you know, teenagers are moody and will just do things. Yeah, so. one one moment you're killing uh, a woman, the other yeah. you just want to <laughs> go to the beach. That's you just want to go to the beach. What, what can you do? What can you do? Teenagers. The dark. Both of these are directed by women, which I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. And what, and what kind of elevates it beyond, like, what if, if, if a guy directing? Especially a Poison Ivy. I was most surprised by Poison Ivy because under I think with another under another director, especially a male one, it would be way worse, way more. It would lose a lot of the nuances behind the characters. It would just kind of just be about how salacious she is. This director, Katshia, she was one of the apprentices under Roger Corman. So no I was like, way. oh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she was wow. she was like one of his protégés. Oh, it says it was shot in thirty five days. Okay, that makes sense then. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the only time I didn't like the move the the uh, poison ivy visually was when the mom's falling. It does they does this like flash of white mm-hmm. on her uh, like up to. I thought that was kind of. I was like, yeah, it looks. I, I think everything else looks great. Like the end was referencing Vertigo. I think. Mm-hmm. I think because so. it was yeah. all the flashing colors and then the. Mm-hmm. same looking woman falls yeah and death. i love how like the way she gives it like she breaks her from the illusion is that she uses her tongue she t- <laughs> it's like my mom wouldn't do that <laughs> that's no. ridiculous yeah. mm-hmm. it's like you're not her what did you guys think about the parallel between like her and the mother like she's trying to become the mother for both like the wife or the dad and the and kind of the mother for the girl but also kind of the lover like i i was wondering what like maybe if the way that's her way of seeing being fit into a family is that she can only take over she has to take over that role i guess yeah i don't why did she keep losing her shoes yeah like she lost her like cowboy boot like three times yeah and i felt like it was significant but i don't know what yeah i think maybe she was trying to be 
the cowboy, the archetype of a cowboy, but she kept losing her boots and just <laughs> could not pull herself up by her bootstraps. <laughs> and that's, that's my reading. Maybe it's like a leer, right? She because like uh, the only thing the only thing we're saying that because like that scene where the dad actually knocks knocks her boots into the water, mm-hmm. and she's like that's like hundred fifty dollars. And that's kind of how she like reels him him in, like of like starting to like get things from him, and that's what starts it. And the boots in the first scene when the boots fall is like also the scene when like, you know, uh, Sylvia's drawing her and thinking about her. Maybe that's the, I don't know. <laughs> like like that's the only like kind of motif I can think of. I just could not get over that the dad was like having sex with her and did not notice the gigantic bruise on her chest yeah yeah that that was so funny when he was like oh wait you're <laughs> no there's i love how there's even a close-up because of that there's like a close-up of her boobs like yeah. smashing into the steering wheel yeah so they had to set sense. that up yeah. that's pretty funny <laughs> and also the dad wouldn't have noticed it when you know he was making out with her like earlier like are we what like okay well, they do that a lot in the movie they they set something up, and then you can kind of see where, oh, that's why you were doing that. Yeah. So, but it's, it's a bit clumsy. It's, it's but still, still good. I, th- I thought it was yeah. exciting and fun, and it, I couldn't wait to finish fun. it. Like, not like wait to, for it to be over. I, I was like, I want to find out what happens. What happens next, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. My favorite shot was the little POV shot of like her walking around the party and everybody looking at her while she carries over champagne to the dad. Like, I thought that was really cool. Felt like a good fellas moment. All right. Shall we take a break? Let's do it. Yep. Okay. And we're back now. Step right up, ladies and gentlemen. Seven reels, seven reels. Rate them up. Who wants to go first? This one's hard. I don't know. This one's, yeah, because they're... I would, I guess I would go maybe four Rambling Rose, three Poison Ivy. I'm going to I'm gonna do the other way around. Mm-hmm. I Four to Poison Ivy, three to Rambling Rose. I thought Poison Ivy was a little bit more fun. Yeah, definitely. It was more fun, but I just think it was more rewarding Rambling Rose, mm. right? Um, Michelle? I think maybe Poison Ivy 4, Rambling Rose 3. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel like the just the small bits of, like, tiny little details that they had in Poison Ivy were quite good, even though there's a lot of bits that just didn't work. Mm-hmm. And I just got annoyed at the, like, the men in Rambling Rose. <laughs> but I know that's the point, <laughs> but still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's the point of the movie. Okay. Yeah. Well, that brings us to what we watched this week. Who wants to go first? I actually went to the theaters this week. Oh, yeah. What did you see? I saw the Japanese film, three-hour movie. It just got nominated for Best Picture called Drive My Car. Drive My Car. 
The action doesn't have a Japanese title, it's just Drive My Car, which I think is pretty funny. It's excellent. I love it very, 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 very much. It's probably, if I watched it last year, I'll probably put in, probably put in my number one. It's, it, for a three-hour film, I didn't, never once thought it was dragging on for too long. The scenes, like, go, it, the scenes are long, but, like, it's, it's all done very beautifully. And with, like, and the director's direction's awesome. The acting is so good. The only time I got angry was that during one point, like, 40 minutes into the movie, I couldn't pay attention for 10 minutes because a character they say the word they, they were naming like these these countries they're like Korea Hong Kong Taiwan and they say Taiwan and the subtitles just doesn't give a fuck and said China instead and had like and, had, and for 10 minutes I was trying to calm down my blood pressure and I was like really angry with myself because I don't know why I was getting so angry because the movie is so good and I would just want to pay attention to the movie it's fine I can let this go but then they brought it up again and it's just so they can get a release in China I know yeah. but like like that's a seventh of the global audience. The fact, that, but the fact that it's like the fact that the character is Taiwanese is like not part like integral to the story, but like part of the story. The story is like he, like he's a it's a director assembling a, a cast for an adaptation of Uncle Vanya. But the way he does his plays is that everybody speaks their own language. So he's Japanese, so he will speak Japanese, but a character from Korea will speak Korean. Um, and then one of the characters is Taiwanese, so she speaks to man- Mandarin, like it's during the performance. And I thought that was all very, very interesting. Yeah, it just kind of discounts all of that. It might be mistranslating okay. it. Other than that, other than that, absolutely amazing movie. I highly, highly recommend it. It's very, eh, is it sad? It's kind of about overcoming grief, but I wouldn't call it sad. Well, I mean, I, I want to check it out. I mean, uh, despite what you yeah. said about the subtitles, I am. <laughs> it's it, all right. You can, you can get, o- you can get over that. If I can get over it, anyway, you can. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what I watched this week? I uh, watched Doctor Strange on the TV. It was on. <sighs> How was that? <laughs> Scott Derrickson directed that. Horror director. Who? who? Uh, he did Sinister. It almost doesn't matter part. because it's just a It almost like doesn't matter. Marvel, it really, like, yeah, whatever. it's just a Marvel movie. Um, so it was really strange because, um, did you know Tilda Swinton's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Yes. And so she's... is Mads Mikkelsen and yes. so Rachel McAdams. So McAdams. And she was telling Jennifer. I watched that movie. I was like, what? How did you get why this? Are the, why are you guys here? <laughs> why is, how does Matt Mickelson get here? But despite that, I still found it kind of like interesting to watch. A, because it, it was like between that or Interstellar on the TV. And I was like, I don't, it's too loud to watch Interstellar at night. It's like, Boom, 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 boom. And, and <laughs> the soundtrack's like just too distracting and you can't fall asleep to it. So I kind of get what these Marvel movies are. It doesn't require They're inoffensive. Any... Yeah, yeah. So that That's the best the... word to describe them. It's like, no matter, like, they're never bad to the point where it offends you, like, oh, these guys are lazy. They didn't put in the effort. Is no, that you yeah. can, it's all too cleanly made. And that's the problem, is that it doesn't have, you can't feel like there's a director behind them. None of these, none of those movies feel like yeah, they have a director the behind them, except for the Eternals. Every no single visual one. identity, yeah. Yeah, they have no unique identity. It's so strange. The, uh, the, it feels the, like they're just getting comedy directors because they to do the comedy. It almost feels that way. That's why they keep yeah. getting these Sundance drama favorites. The yeah, jokes are terrible. Yeah. They're like, hey, uh, don't you listen to Beyonce, you monk. And then the monk listens to Beyonce. And the to Beyonce. 
Wow. And people started clapping in the theater when that happened. I was losing my mind. It's not a joke. I just despair. This is the world we live in, where people just want to watch the same film repackaged. Like twenty times. Over. Yeah, it's, it's essentially yeah, no, that. Yeah, uh, no, it's exactly it's totally that. It, that's exactly what people want now. Uh, it's just, but anyway, I loved it. <laughs> what if I <laughs> just like at the end of it? It has one good sequence. I like the, the, the trippy sequence, the out of body experience, the first time like he. Oh like, yeah, uh, that was good. That, that was, was movie that I was fun. I liked some of the like when they're in that mirror world. That was kind of that's cool. cool. They kept falling and stuff, and that was. It's sad how when that came out, when that came out, that was like the most invent- visually inventive like MCU anything when it when that mm. came out. Like, just ripping people... off Inception, <laughs> I guess. Just ripping off Inception. <laughs> but yeah. anyways, it, it was it was whatever. I don't even know why I was talking about it, <laughs> but yeah. It's alright. <laughs> alright, Michelle, what did you watch? I watched Kimmy, the new Soderbergh film. Yes. Soderbergh, yeah. Because usually I hate him. Yeah, Steven Soderbergh. Like, I hate mm-hmm. his films usually, but I was quite surprised by this one. <laughs> Interesting. It's his uh, Minority Report. Weird Window meets Minority Report. It's also a pandemic retired. film, <laughs> which I'm not a fan of them. Yes, yes, it's a pandemic uh, film. But thankfully it's not too, like, oh, what a horrible world we live in. So it's it's not. He made the pandemic film, is it, doesn't he? Like, did he? Oh, Contagion. Oh, he did. He did Contagion. I think, yeah, yeah he did maybe like, a con- pandemic film. Like, He's literally the only person probably everyone was watching it at, at the beginning of this thing. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I think we're all going to die. It's going to be mm-hmm. as bad. Thank- Thankfully, it didn't get as bad as the movie, we can, I guess. Okay, uh, I'll totally watch this. I. It's this good. Is, I like it. Mm-hmm. And I think it's him. He does... I don't think it, he does some wild visual stuff because the character is like has agoraphobic. Is that the name? Is that when she she's like, scared to has go to outside. stay clean? She doesn't like say she's scared mm-hmm. to go outside. So when she goes outside, every single shot of her walking, you're it's like the camera is moving even though she's like standing still because it's like it to reflect the anxiety of her just being outside surrounded by other people. Mm-hmm. So I he really laid into that. I thought it was actually quite. In, it's he's still a good director. Like I he, think so he too. Yeah. Yeah, he knows when to like really go for it when when the when the story demands it. Yeah. It's also short. It's movies like less than like 8 minutes. It's like it's crazy. He's been uh doing that a lot lately. Mm. Like with uh, the past couple of ones. The only one I haven't seen with the uh, with the new ones is the Unsane one, the one he shot on an iPhone. Oh, let me clear for Yeah. But I might check that out. I like High Flying Bird a lot. Mhm. So did I. Uh, I that was that, one. that was really really good. I I haven't seen the uh well, Michelle. How was this last one? The one with Don Cheeto. Oh no! Oh yeah, I, that I, was, I forgot about that. I don't remember it, which is probably not a good sign. Yeah, but I hated the cruise. That, 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 that was pretty bad. I yeah, I, oh, I remember just, you talking about that. I I still kind of think it wasn't that bad. The other one was wor- worse, wor- like way worse. The Don Cheeto one. Like really? That, that was yeah. bad? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, I wonder if that would be good. All right. Okay. Well, that brings us to our recommendations. Now, I want to recommend something that is dear to my heart. <laughs> okay. Uh, it is, <laughs> is the motion picture Basic Instinct, which I, I really <laughs> think is really good. I genuinely, it's like... I haven't seen it yet. I it, haven't seen it yet. That's something that fascinates me. But I, I think it's a great movie. Like just fun, just awesome. 
and like just i don't know it's just fun it's like indiana jones or something roger yeah. ebert d- does not agree though <laughs> to bring back <laughs> a dead segment oh, he says no. two two stars he did not oh, enjoy no. it at all but i uh, i just think it was an awesome movie Basic- and I all right if i watch that's it, paul verhoeven right mm-hmm. is that paul verhoeven oh, okay i'm yeah. watching i keep forgetting that he did that with Sharon Stone, I will give it a go. Mm-hmm. For oddly enough, I've seen the first ten minutes of the second film. It was on TV. What? <laughs> never the first. Yeah. That's uh, there's a second one. Uh, Poison Ivy has like three sequels, by the way. Oh yeah. I <laughs> Do know. you know? That? But yeah. I don't think yeah. the main cast are in them. And then like <laughs> no, the sequel, it's no, like a lily instead of Ivy. <laughs> wow. But it's still called <laughs> Poison Ivy thing. too. <laughs> What happens by four What's the name in four? Lily. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your recommendation? My recommendation is Stanley Kubrick's Lolita. I was going to recommend, which I was originally going to recommend the 90s Lolita because that's the film that was stuck in my head the entire time I was watching Rambling Rose. Yeah, the visual aesthetic. It's, it's, both of these films look incredibly 90s. This is like the last decade of film before we we yeah. um, before we entered the 2000s. Everything became shiny and digital. Yeah, I, I. But in terms of like a kind of erotic thriller, I thought Stanley Kubrick's Lolita is excellent, and it does it without being sleazy, which is what I appreciate. I was gonna recommend American Beauty, but then I didn't want to, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna recommend The Beguiled instead. Sofia Coppola. Ooh. The good Sophia, the good, the good Sophia, the good Coppola. <laughs> okay, come on, guys, guys, guys. If you listen to our episode, if we were not very kind to that movie, which no one did, we were not kind to that movie. Um, to give our audience a, a clue, uh, Poison Ivy, the Secret Society. <laughs> I don't know when they, when did we get to a Secret Society has Daisy instead of Ivy. Which I mean, Ivy is my cat's name. Daisy was an old cat that I had once too. Is all named after your cats? This is followed. Oh wait, this by the new seduction 1997 okay violet oh okay never mind they they just keep going with these sorry all right so what are we watching next week Mm -hmm. next week we are watching movies about hit men because i was like oh let's let's continue the killers theme that i started so um i wanted to do branded to kill Mm. 1967 and Fallen Angels, 1995. So they're from pretty different eras. But I'm very much looking forward to it. All right. Uh, what was the tagline you came up with last week? It was so good. Which you've used like a load of times before. You just don't remember. See you. Um, see you really I just soon. Don't, I, I just don't remember. Like um, keep it, good. keep it real, my friends, and Bye. see you real soon. <laughs> Have a good week. Bye. The Seventh Reel is hosted by Arvin Huang, Michelle Hassel, and Yusuf El Bashir. Logo by Joe Conti. Our ad break music is composed by Yusuf Sui Lim, and our outro music is composed by Yahya El Bashir. Thanks for listening.